0: Do you enjoy accounts payable and receivable? Reconciling accounts and preparing reports? Are you able to perform highly detailed tasks? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a full-time intermediate accountant to join our dynamic team in Langley, B.C. If you are someone you know feels called to serve God while growing in their skills, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. I went back to work for two months after my daughter was born, and I quit because I couldn't stand being away from my baby. I was very determined to
1: stay at home with my children because my mom had died when I was three. My husband and I always agreed that I would work, and I also had the benefit of my in-laws both being retired and agreed to watch my children. From our first child,
0: I was at home, worked from home, as well as homeschooled them.
2: Well, it might be that you've been through that kind of decision, and uh, it's not easy to make. Today on Focus on the Family, we're going to be exploring the life of a stay-at-home mom and some of the challenges
3: they face. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I have such great respect for the women that have been closest to me, my mom and then my wife, of course, and watching how they gave up, you know, the things that they were pursuing for their kids. Mm -hmm. And I know most women have this struggle. And today, we're going to talk about that, that idea that Uh, You need to make a decision. And I know roles are all over the place in the culture today where some men are choosing to stay home too. And I mean, that's good, but there's nothing like a mom being at home. Uh, There's just such tenderness and kindness and gentleness that comes from mom. And I so appreciated the times that my mom who was a hardworking single parent was able to be home with me it just gave me so much of a good feeling Mm. and then watching gene as a you know a biology major and then making a decision to hang up that career and be home with our two sons it was awesome and when you look at it uh, man you really need to understand um, how important that role is I know it's underappreciated like you said but man raising the next generation there's nothing more important Mm. in my mind And we're going to discover that today.
2: Yeah, we'll hear from a guest who knows the joys and struggles of motherhood all too well. Uh, Jen Babakan is with us, and uh, she is still in the trenches of that uh, that experience of being a stay-at-home mom with two young boys. And she's written a great deal about uh, the transition, the challenges uh, going from career professional to stay-at-home mom. Uh, In her book, Detoured, The Messy Grace-Filled Journey from Working Professional to Stay-at-Home Mom. And you can get your copy at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800-the letter A in the word family. Jen, welcome to
3: Focus on the Family.
1: Thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited to be here.
3: I'm thrilled for you to be here, too. This is a big topic. I mean, I think when women write or email or contact us by phone, this is one of the topics that is often raised. What should I do now? My husband and I have become dependent on two incomes, etc. We're having our first child what's your best recommendation? It's a bit intimidating, right? Because everybody's (laughs) story is a bit unique. Uh, Let's start by explaining how you never intended to be that stay-at-home mom. I don't even know what the politically correct statement is anymore, (laughs) work-at-home mom, stay-at-home mom. I mean, moms are busy when they decide to uh, be home with their kids, there's a lot going on. But you didn't intend for that, what happened?
1: Absolutely, so I was a third grade teacher at the time and absolutely loved my career. I worked really hard to get there, and, um, you know, teaching as a profession, but, you know, it's also kind of a lifestyle. It, it, You know, you incorporate it into so many aspects of your life. And so I had every intention of going back to work after my maternity leave. Um, you know, I told the parents of my students that I would be back. Uh, but what happened was that when I gave birth to my first son, um, I realized very, very quickly within hours of giving birth to him, that I just could not leave him. It was this, just this whisper in my soul of, I cannot go back to work, I can't leave him. Um, let, me, let me ask you about okay. that
3: before you finish the answer, because I think that's so amazing. I, that is a pull, that is a tug. There's something mm-hmm. beautifully simple and natural about that, but why do so many women struggle with that sense of, you know, this becomes my number one priority?
1: Right, you know, it it is a struggle because in an instant your life changes. You know, it, you were pregnant and then now you're a mom and you've got this baby in your arms and and everything my my priorities everything shifted. Um and so I think it just becomes so real when you've got that little person in your arms that suddenly there's this this struggle of what do I do? I have this this old life, this old set of priorities and and now I've got this brand new life ahead of me and before me and especially if you were used to depending on two incomes that struggle internally becomes really incredibly difficult to navigate
3: would you say that as you battled through that and you were considering it did you vacillate i mean you're looking at a tighter budget and then you're looking at the good things that are going on, the fact that you're home, you're able to make that physical, emotional, spiritual contact with your child. I mean, those are really important things.
1: Absolutely. And so for me, the the vacillation was real. I mean, I went back and forth uh, for the first probably two to three months of his life. I didn't know what to do, although I felt that God was really, really calling me to be home. But I was fighting against it because I had worked so hard for my career, and I thought, I should go back to work. It's those shoulds that get you, right? I should go back to work. Mm -hmm. I have all these students that I'm responsible for. I promised them I would be back. But internally, I just knew God was calling me to be home. And then when my son was about three months old, he developed a really severe dairy protein uh, sensitivity. Mm. And I knew in that moment that I could not allow any other childcare worker to be responsible for feeding him because he had to be on um, a very strict hypoallergenic formula. And so that really drove it home for me that I had to stay home and we had to make it work financially somehow. At that point, it wasn't really a question. That doesn't mean I didn't struggle with it still because I, I really did. But I knew in no uncertain terms that that God was calling me home.
3: Yeah, and I think the summary of that is go with that sense that God's giving you, yes. that this is really critically important. And that's what I took away from your book in that regard. Let's move forward a couple of years, two, three years. You, you have a great story about fighting with your... Uh, toddler then. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this battle between staying at home or going to the park, what happened?
1: Yes. So um, I was hoping to get uh, Bryce in the car to go to the park. And I was going to take him to a local park that was absolutely beautiful, (laughs) you know, huge trees and, and a lovely play structure. And so it was a warm summer day. And I had him in the car, And I told him we're going to go to the park. And he started uh, screaming and stomping his feet into the car seat and, you know, digging his heels in. Every mom knows, you know, there's that moment where you're trying to get your kid in the car seat and you couldn't get him to sit down. He was arching his (laughs) back, you know, and and he kept screaming, Gwath, Gwath, you know. And (laughs) and I realized at that time that he wanted to stay home and he wanted to be in our backyard where the grass was because that is what he knew to be fun. Mm. Right. And so I was trying to convince him, we're going to the park, it has big trees, it has a big slide, it has swings, you know, we want to go to the park. Mm-hmm. And he fought the entire time. And the more he fought with me on it, the more frustrated I got. And um, and it was, like I said, a hot summer day. So we're both sweating, you know, and I'm just like, I just want to go to the park because I needed it too. I yeah, needed... A little
3: more open space. Yes,
1: I needed a break from being within our four walls, you know, and um, and in that moment when he was fighting me and I was getting so frustrated. I heard the lord speak to my heart you are acting no differently than your son (laughs) and it stopped me in my tracks i mean i stopped even trying to get him in the car seat i just stopped and if you've ever had you know the holy spirit speak to you that way then you know you know that okay this is a time that i need to listen and he just told me you are having a tantrum just like your son is about giving up your career you know i am trying to take you to a place that is beautiful But you only want what you know, just like he only wants what he knows. He wants the backyard. You want what you know. You want your career. Because I just continue to try to find. The loophole in God's plan. I just kept trying to find. Okay, can I work from home? Can I work part time? I kept trying to find all of these different ways to hang on to that identity um, that I had misplaced. You know, my true worth in uh, for so long.
3: You know, and it's important that struggle is real. And I, you know, one person's solution may not be another person's solution. So we're not trying to be prescriptive today. We're just trying to give you some perspective on how Jen faced her situation with her husband Ed and how they resolved it. And I I think it's very informative. So that's the key here. Uh, Jen, let me ask you, you had a funny story about being at a supermarket. I talked to my wife, Jean, as I was reading through the book and looking at the prep this morning about this, and we were laughing, having our coffee, (laughs) this befriending of this supermarket checkout person. I asked (laughs) Jean, did you have an example like that? She goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to find a friend anywhere I could find it to have an adult conversation. But tell us about your checkout experience. Yes.
1: So I, at that point in time, you know, I had turned in my resignation letter. I had, uh, I was only seeing my friends that I used to teach with, you know, during Christmas break or Easter break or whatever. Um, I really had no friends that were stay-at-home moms You also. were
3: immersed in, in goo-goo and gaga. Yeah, that was it. And I everything had no I Yeah, you know,
1: my <laughs> husband would come home and, and I'd be like, talk to me. And, you know, he's he's been in meetings all day, <laughs> he's right? Out. So he's talked out. <laughs> and so, you know, one one day it was, I think it was during Christmas time, um, I was going to make um, some cake bar. Balls. I have this recipe that I make every year <laughs> and, and they take forever to make until I had all the ingredients for cake balls. Um, on the conveyor belt at the grocery store. And I was in the line for the checker that, you know, she and I had had some conversations um, previously and she had this great sarcastic sense of humor, which I have too. And so I just always thought, you know, gosh, we would be the best of friends, you know? <laughs> please, and so please. Yeah, you know, we would be such good friends. And so as she's checking through my items, she um, she says, oh, what are you making? And I said, oh, I'm making cake balls, you know? So then what, how do you make those? And so, you know, I'm, I'm telling her I'm going through the steps of how to make them she (laughs) says oh you know i'm gonna buy the stuff after i get off work and i'm gonna make them too and i thought well this is my in i'm gonna i said let me give you my phone number and if you run into any issues (laughs) you just call me and i will walk you through the cake ball steps you know (laughs) and she says oh okay so i pull out this crumpled receipt and write my number on it and i leave and as i'm in you know walking through the parking lot it just like sets over me that i just did a really really desperate thing you know i'm like <laughs> i'm do? like this is a new low even for you jen like this is this is sad <laughs> the cakeball uh, fanatic yeah the cakeball fanatic that's trying to make friends with this woman who clearly is just doing her job and i'm over here like you know be my bff um so it was it was really one of those moments where i thought okay i have got to find some friends so i'm not just you know reaching out to strangers and and yeah. you know it, but it's so important for moms to have friends
3: well that and that's the next question question, why is it so important, and what's a healthy way to go about doing that? Yeah. You know,
1: um, it's so important because you need to have an outlet that that isn't your children and isn't your husband. You know, you need to have other moms that are in the trenches that get it, that understand what it's like to have a toddler that's tantruming while a newborn is crying. You know, you need to have kind of that community around you. Now, as I say that, I want to be very, very clear that that's not always the easiest thing to, to do. It's it's Much easier to sit home and just think, you know what, it's too scary to try to put yourself out there. And, um, you know, it's easier to just sit and scroll on Instagram all day than, than go out and, and make friends. Um, but what I found personally for me was that, you know, although social media can get a bad rap, it's also a place where you can find community. I um, had a group of moms in a mom group on Facebook that um, our babies were all born the same month, and so we um, had community that way, just online. Um, yeah. you know, chatting with each other, and um, you know, finding friends where you can. You know, through a Bible study or even. You know, just even if if your friends live far away, I think text messages and phone calls and FaceTime and all of that can do wonders.
3: Yeah. And I I would just say to husbands, if you want a good marriage, I would encourage you to take the kids on a Saturday night, let your wife go out and be with her girlfriends and be happy about it. Mm -hmm. Don't complain and don't, you know, put up all the negative stuff that you had to deal with with her being out of the house for a few hours. But what a great relief and what a great way to encourage your wife to have those friends outside the home and let her have some adult time is the point.
1: Absolutely. You know, Ed has always been so wonderful with that. He was, you know, truthfully the one pushing me out of the house. He's that's like great. you need to go, you need to spend some time um you know. And so I mean because I was in a really really sad place. I mean, I have to be honest. And and so he would come home from work and I would just cry. I don't even know what to do, you know. And <laughs> and he he you know got out his phone and he said, "Let me look at my calendar. We're going to find one week one night every week that you can go and I will make an effort to be home early so that you can get out of the house." Oh, that's great. And he did it. I yeah. mean, you know, without fail every week. Good you know, I think him. it was like Wednesday nights or something. He was home, I was able to go and have some time to myself. Mm.
2: Yeah, that just illustrates the importance of being together as a couple if you're going to have a stay-at-home mom situation. Uh, Jen Babakan is our guest today, and she's written this book, Detoured, The Messy, Grace-Filled Journey from Working Professional to Stay-at-Home Mom. Uh, Get your copy when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Life is full of options, from where you get your music to where you go on your next family holiday. And it's no different when it comes to choosing an insurance service provider. That's why Deeks, a licensed insurance brokerage, is proud that so many of their customers are referred to them from satisfied family and friends. And with tailored plans, preferred rates, and perks like multiple vehicle discounts, it's easy to see why Deeks comes so highly recommended. See for yourself the difference and get a free quote at Deeksinsurance.ca Deeks Insurance, where family matters.
1: Do you worry about tomorrow? Does the future feel uncertain? Is the past too painful to bear? Focus on the Family Canada is here to help, so you never have to walk alone. Every morning, our staff lift up your prayer requests. If your burdens are too much to carry on your own, you can request a free one-time call with one of our counselors at focusonthefamily.ca today. That's focusonthefamily.ca. We're here to help.
0: Do you have a desire to help families thrive? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for skilled, passionate people to join our dynamic team. We are currently looking to fill positions in marketing, accounting, graphic design, donor relations and web development at our head office in Langley, B.C. If you or someone you know feels called to be part of our dynamic team, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment.
2: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family.
3: Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Jen, you urge moms to find something special that ignites their passion. So I would ask you, uh, why is that important and how did how'd you find that yourself?
1: You know, because I feel that God has created us to be multifaceted beings. You know, we are never just one thing. We are daughters. We are mothers. We are friends, sisters, cousins, whatever. Um, We are so many other things than, than just mothers. And so I think that it is important not only for our children, but for ourselves that we, you know, look at something else that we feel God has gifted us to do. And so for me, I've always loved to write. And so, you know, the moment that I I felt like I really just needed something, I needed something just for me. And so I started writing again, and that was the thing for me uh, that I felt God was calling me to do and God had gifted me to do. And once I started doing that, it just felt like, uh, the light broke through once again, and I I started to. Uh, I really think I was a better mom once I started, you know, mm. spending some time doing something that I loved, that wasn't about washing dishes or changing diapers. That was something. Uh, that was that was something only I could do, you know, and didn't require uh, anybody else. And so I encourage moms to find the thing that God has gifted them uh, that makes their soul come alive, that, yeah. that lights their eyes back up again, yeah. and uh, start small. It doesn't have to be big, but but do something just for you, and the difference that it makes in your family is astounding
3: i was going to say i hadn't thought about it quite like that but as you're talking i was thinking of intensity you know moms because of all the demands on them emotionally you you can have this intensity about everything and I, i would think a distraction of of doing something for yourself or a pursuit of your desire helps reduce that intensity or that tenseness around the home it gives you an outlet
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I wasn't the funnest person to live with, you know, prior to taking up writing again. Which made I, you feel guilty. Exactly. Right? So could, then uh, yeah. you feel guilt, you feel shame, you know, you know that your kids are seeing you grumpy all of the time and nobody wants to be, I say in the book that that moms are, are kind of the temperature gauge of the home.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, you know, if, if we're not taking care of ourselves, it's really, really difficult to then take care of our families in the way that God intended us to. We're, we're not meant just to pour... One hundred and ten percent into them. We need to to uh, refuel ourselves. As yeah, well. I kind of
3: see it as a t- like a tank of gas, right? Yeah. Three quarters of the tank is used being a mom, and you got like a quarter of a tank to figure out what to do, including all the household chores and everything else. And then of course, husbands pulling on you for certain, you know, emotional yeah. and physical demands, and, right? You know, so you're down to like fumes. Yes. you know, it's when your gas tank says you got two miles to go. And the gas station's three miles away. Yes, <laughs> right.
1: yes. And and everybody knows when mom is flashing red. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, Jen,
3: so yeah, there's there are women who are
2: saying, I want what you just said, but I can't get there. And there mm-hmm. are husbands and even kids who are saying, yeah, mom's not there. She, she needs something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What hope do you have? I mean, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You don't find your desire and suddenly feel free, right?
1: Right. No. You know, it, it's one of those things where it really is a process. And so I would encourage moms to ask God what? He has for you. Hmm. It really is that that simple to just you know be honest with the Lord and say you know what what is it that you have for me in this time because I am losing it. You know quite quite frankly, it, it a lot of moms just come to that point where they are just so run down and exhausted, and so I would start there. I would start with prayer, asking God what He has, and then just taking very small steps. Research what it is that you think you might like to do. You know, I encourage moms in the book to think back to what they enjoy doing as children, mm-hmm. because a lot of times what you enjoyed as a child is is kind of the key to what your gifting is and what you'll enjoy as an adult. You know, as a kid, I loved writing essays. I was the one in class that, that while well, all, all the other kids groaned about writing, I was the one sharpening my pencil and, <laughs> you know, getting all excited about it. So, I would encourage moms to start there. Start with prayer and then really just kind of reflect on what you've always enjoyed.
3: Yeah. You you have a story about a mom who I, I think the way I interpret it is kind of rescued you in a Target parking lot. <laughs> I, I'm wondering how many of these parking lot uh, recovery stories are out there. I mm. think pretty pretty many. <laughs> it's quite a few. Anyway, the uh, the idea is that she saw you in some kind of distress. What happened?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it was my very, very first Target trip with both of my kids. Okay. <laughs> so I had been dreading this trip for you know a couple of months we need
3: organ music dun, yes. dun, 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 dun.
1: <laughs> so Bradley my son Bradley uh, was only three months old Bryce at that time was three and I was just gonna white knuckle this trip uh, we needed diapers and dish soap so I was like this is a non-negotiable trip I have to go and so I got them out of the car Bradley was asleep I put him in the front uh, little carrier that I had that I wore on the front of me um, and he hated the carrier so that's that's very important I, I knew that I had <laughs> a limited. Kid, I like uh, this guy <laughs> I had a limited <laughs> amount of time with this with this kid on the front of me and so I'm holding Bryce's hand and I'm pushing the cart and we get inside the store, and I kind of feel Bradley start to shift a little bit, and I'm like, "Oh, this is not going to be good." And right at that time, Bryce asked to ride inside of the cart, which ordinarily is not an issue, uh, but now I had to lift up my tall for his age, three-year-old, into this cart with the baby on front of you know on the front of me.
3: Takes a lot of deltoid muscle. Yes, and, <laughs> and you know, load him into this
1: thing, and so I, I get him into the cart standing, and I'm trying to instruct him on which foot to put in which leg hole in mm-hmm. the cart. And so I'm telling, okay, buddy, put this one through this one. And he would put it through the opposite, you know, and he was getting frustrated because he couldn't figure out. And every time the opposite leg was going through the opposite hole, I was getting more and more anxious. You know, I could feel myself start to sweat and I thought I just need to head for the deodorant aisle before I do anything (laughs) else because I was really freaking out. So we did this. I mean, me begging him to put his foot through the right hole for probably (laughs) a good three minutes until this woman, I call her an angel of mercy. She came up and she had a 10-year-old son. So clearly she was out of the phase of life I was in. And she just grabs each of Bryce's legs and plunks them through the holes and says, thought you could use some help. And away she went. Yeah. And I was just like, thank you. I mean, I nearly cried because it was just so much emotion pent up. You know, here I was on this first track. And, of course, Bradley started crying. So I basically did like the Indy 500 through Target and you know, grabbed <laughs> yeah. the stuff, put it in the cart, and yeah. got out of there. That's
3: every mother's nightmare. Yes. But it's true. Uh, as we zero in for the landing here, uh, let me close with your thoughts about all of the sacrifices and serving that moms have to do. I mean, that's one thing I see in Gene constantly. You're just giving, 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 giving. And uh, you describe a profound moment where you were <laughs> crawling on the kitchen floor <laughs> under the high chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happened and what was God showing you in that moment?
1: You know, uh, so Bryce was at the stage where he thought it was hilarious to throw his cut-up hot dogs over the edge of the high chair. (laughs) Uh, He would throw whatever I put down off his plate and onto the floor. Because
3: mom would retrieve it. Right, because uh, because I would get it, right. Yes,
1: exactly, you know. And so I remember, uh, you know, it had been a tough day already. And I was not finding his antics funny, you know, and yeah. he, he tossed him over and he was giggling and having a great time. And I I got down on the ground to, you know, pick up these, you know, greasy hot dog chunks off the floor uh, with the macaroni and cheese and whatever else was it was down there that that had been on his tray. And I just thought in my in my head, you know, it was, I can't say that it was a prayer because I wasn't brave enough to, to yell at God at that point, you know? And so I just thought, is this what I went to college for? Is this is this what I worked so hard for? You know, I was feeling so overqualified in that moment, you know, yes. this is not what I worked so hard for. And I heard God whisper to my heart, this is serving. You are serving me. This is loving me. And it was in that moment that I realized what I was doing was so much bigger than just picking up hot dogs off the floor. I was serving God. We truly can serve him in whatever we do. Uh, And so that was a moment for me, for sure. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Jen, you point to the Old Testament story of Hagar. I mean, there's so many ways you can derive a lesson out of that. How do you see the lesson of Hagar and how it applies to this topic of motherhood?
1: You know, there are so many applications that I found, or I, I shouldn't say that I found, that the Holy Spirit yeah, showed me as right. I was reading it. Um, you know, Hagar was in the desert alone, um, you know, facing death, basically, with her son. Um, and she felt God, you know, speak to her, and, and God told her that, that he was going to, you know, create generations from her. And I think, I think of how
3: that sounded like, right, really, God. Right. You, you got to be kidding. You know, I'm out here in the desert, yeah. barely surviving.
1: And so I think about that. <laughs> I think about the rejection that she felt from Sarah, and that she felt, you know, pretty friendless and lonely in that moment. I mm. think that's really applicable to, to moms. Um, and and the other thing that I really really love about that story is that. God, she named God. She's she's the first person to name God in the Bible. And she says, You are Elroi, the God who sees, because he saw her. And so I would just encourage moms that God sees you. He sees your details. You don't have to be out in the middle of a desert for him to speak to you. In every moment of your day, he sees the baths that you're drawing, he sees the lunch that you're making, he sees all of those things. And so when you realize that, I just I, I, just feel like God just draws us closer into a hug and, and we can feel His presence, that, that He sees all those things. You know, He is the God who sees.
3: Yeah, that's good. Caregiver. Yes. I think of that mom.
1: Absolutely. You know, you're being
3: a caregiver, and I think the Lord's heart is all over that. Yes. Uh, Jen, this is wonderful, and it's a great resource. There's so much more in here than we were able to cover today. Your great book, Detoured. Uh, You can order a copy directly from Focus Canada today when you call. And remember, when you purchase the resource from Focus Canada, you're not just uh, sending profit along to a company. You're actually sending all those proceeds to help in ministry, save a marriage, save a baby, uh, whatever it might be, help a parent do a better job parenting in a Christian and godly context. So purchase that resource directly through Focus on the Family Canada today. And you can learn how to do that at FocusOnTheFamily.ca or call our
2: offices, 800-232-6459. That's 800, the letter A, and the word family.
3: Jen, let me also mention to the moms, um, you know, if you're struggling, and it's more serious than the lighthearted approach that we've taken here, if you're really in a tough spot, call us. We have caring Christian counselors who can talk with you maybe provide even more resources for you, or at least give you some guidance and direction, pray with you. Uh, it can be overwhelming, and we recognize that. Jen lived it. Uh, Jean lived it. Dina, Dina lived, lived it. it. <laughs> so we get it. And if you need that kind of help, don't hesitate. That's why we're here. Just get in touch with us. Uh, Jen, thanks so much for
2: being with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, reach out. Uh, again, our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, and we'd be happy to help set up an initial consultation with one of our counselors.